Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Michael Heim will share with us a challenging and encouraging message from the Word of God. It is our prayer as you listen to this message that it will draw you closer in your walk with God and give you strength to walk daily in His grace. Psalm chapter 20, this is a royal psalm, and David is relaying here the people's prayer that they have victory in battle, that no matter what happens, they're going to have the victory. And so he's rehearsing here his trusting God for that victory, and we focus in on verse 6, and it says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They brought to their knees and fall. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and we stand firm. Amen. You know, due to the political nature and the climate of our day, you know, we are not allowed to go to our public schools and we're not allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because of the under God that's in the National uh, Pledge of Allegiance. We're not allowed to recite scripture in our morning devotions. Uh, We just basically just said, God, uh, we just want you out of our public schools. And I think if we look at our public schools, we begin to see that once we kick God out back in the 60s, each generation has gotten progressively worse. And we've seen the results of that in our nation today. We wonder why people walk into movie theaters with guns and shoot people. We wonder why people go into schools and shoot people. Uh, You know, it's it's because we're not leaning to God. We're trusting in our own understanding of the word. And and the answer is back to Christ, and we just don't see that. It's a shame that we live in a culture, and due to the political climate of our nature today, that we can't even post the Ten Commandments in the courthouses because uh, it might offend some people. We can't even put a a nativity scene upon public lands. We can't even put a Jesus sign in the city of Hawkins. We cannot do anything because, God forbid, it may offend some atheist in this world because they will claim because of the separation of church and state. That's what they're going to claim, the separation of church and state. And so they take that clause, and because of that, we begin to make laws, and and because of that, we cannot have God in our nation. So we've moved from separation of church and state to now we are come to the point of making it a separation of God and country. You know, if you look, take a dollar bill out of your pocket and look at it, on the back of it, there's, there's four big words across the top middle. It says, in God we trust. And some time back, the federal appeals court ruled that the phrase, in God we trust, okay, on government buildings do not violate the separation of church and state. But prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance in schools or or our scriptures is a violation of it. But if we have in God we trust on our money, our currency, our buildings, that's not a separation of church and state. That's not an offense. The hypocrisy that we have in our nation. And the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, based in Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, ruled that the national motto can remain on the facade of county government buildings. And listen to what the court said, and I quote Judge Robert King, the Fourth Circuit Court has hereto characterized the phrase, in God we trust, when used as the national motto on coins and currency, 
as patriotic and ceremonial motto with no theological or ritualistic impact. Did you get that? We can have in God we trust on our buildings because it has no spiritual theological impact. We might as well put in Mickey Mouse we trust then. Because I don't think that was the intention that the forefathers had when they wanted to put it on the coins. In God we trust. Do we trust in God today? In 1861, Secretary of the Treasury Salmon P. Chase received a letter from this man right here, a preacher of all people, Mark R. Watkinson. And that's what he said. Dear sir, you are about to submit your annual report to Congress respecting the affairs of the national finances. One fact touching our currency has hitherto been seriously overlooked. I mean the recognition of the Almighty God in some form on our coins. Here's a preacher writing to the secretary of the treasury saying that there's a great oversight that we have made as a nation. We have forgot to recognize the Almighty God on our currency. And so seven days later, Secretary Chase writes to James Pollock, the director of the Mint in Philadelphia, and he instructed him to prepare a motto based off of this quotation here. No nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe and except in His defense. The trust of our people in God should be declared on our national coins. And therefore, that's how this all began. In God we trust, first came on, and I have it right here, 1864. You can see it right there. In 1864, it's a two-cent piece, and right there on the ribbon, above the shield, is in God we trust. And since then, we've had that on our coins. In God we trust. I think the fourth court has it wrong. I think they misunderstood the very intention that our nation put in God we trust on our currency. Those founding fathers wanted us to acknowledge the Almighty God in every aspect of our life. And then, 15, almost to the day, it was on July 30th, 1956, 59 years ago, the 84th Congress, approved by the President of the United States at that time, made in God we trust the national motto of the United States of America. Boy, how far have we come in the last 60 years? That we still have this on all of our buildings, we still have this on all of our currency, we still have this in every aspect of our lives except in our own morality. If we still trust in God, we should still have prayer in schools. If we still trust in God, we should have the Ten Commandments posted in our courthouses. If we still trust in God, we should have a president and a Congress that is leading out the foundations of Christianity. If we still trust in God. But on their definition, though, that has no theological impact. So it's okay. It's just words is what they're saying. Just words. Just words. You know what I like about our national motto is the truth that it declares. And notice what it's declaring in God we trust. 
We don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in horses. We don't trust in man. We don't trust in government. We don't trust in money. We don't trust in the Congress. They saw fit that they said, we trust in God. He's the hope. He's the only answer. Not anything else. So if you're taking notes, write this in the first blank on the back of your bulletin. In God we trust. In God. Let's just talk about that as a nation. And then let's make a personal application here on the second point of this message. In God we trust. <clears throat> Let me reveal to you the hypocrisy of American politics in our culture today. <clears throat> Did you know that every House of Representatives and every Senate chamber opens with the Word of God in prayer? Or opens with prayer, I should say. And each one of those houses has their own chaplain. But yet they make rules and laws that say we cannot pray in school, but yet they pray in their own houses. The, 30, the 83rd Congress even set aside a small room on the side of the, of, the, of the rotunda in the state capitol for, for private prayer and meditation for those that are in, when Congress is in session, they can go there and they can pray and ask God for guidance upon the laws that they're making. And what's interesting here is this, this is the picture that's above the room. It's George Washington kneeling down. Look at the Word of God, Psalm 16, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. This is in our nation's capital. This is what they believe. This is where they, they started. This is, where, this is where the congressmen can walk in and they can, can begin to pray and be reminded that George Washington put his trust in God and not in anything else. Inside that rotunda is another picture. It's a painting. And it's a painting there of, of the man holding the Bible there is, is Brewster. He's the chaplain. Is, is, this, is the, the, this is the pilgrims on the secondary ship that came over, the Speedwell. And, and that book he has in his, in his hands is the, is the Word of God. It's the New Testament there. They're about to embark from Holland to the New World. And what, what, do they, what do they do? The foundation of our nation from the very pilgrims was the Word of God. Read the Mayflower Compact sometime. We go on down, and, and even in the Senate, we see the phrase right there above, the right above the flag, in God we trust, right here, right above our flag. You can go to the House, you can go to the Senate, and those are the big, bold words in our, in our, in our nation's Congress, in God we trust sits right above the vice president where he sits inscribed if we take another tour out of here and we went over to the supreme court building i want you to look up at that facade at the very top i want you to look who's in the middle right here who do you think that is right there sitting on moses seat with the ten commandments in his hand that's moses the great lawgiver he had the law of god the supreme court of our land even has the law of god on the very top of it the Ten Commandments are also where the Chief Justice sits. The Ten Commandments are posted above him, but we can't, have, we can't have the Ten Commandments in any other court. And what's really hypocritical is that every session of the Supreme Court opens with the phrase, God save the United States in this honorable court. 
So the Supreme Court, the House of Congress, or the Senate, everywhere we look, we see in God we trust all through. The foundation and the fabric of our society, of our culture, of our, our, of our country. But yet we cannot pray in schools. And yet we, we kick God out because we may offend some unbelieving atheist that doesn't even live in our area, that probably lives somewhere in Michigan or somewhere. But yet, we can't do it. Engraved on that little point, on the very top of the, uh, the, national, of the Washington Monument, and this is just a picture here. Uh, it's not the actual one, but it's just a replica here. And it has, they see that word on the bottom? Laos Deo? You know what that means? It's Latin. This is, this is the pinnacle. This is the peak on the Washington Monument, on the, on the monument there. It means praise be to God. Praise be to God is on the Washington Monument. We can have it on there, but it has no theological impact. That's not what, you know, that's... I think when the forefathers began to build and design our country, they had engraved and ingrained in God we trust in every fabric of our Congress, of everything, in every house, everywhere. We look, it's there. They had more of an intention than just having no theological impact. It was not just ceremonial or ritualistic. It meant something that they were crying out that we are this little bitty nation that's going to revolt against the greatest power of the world at that time, England. America at that time had no munitions, had no way to produce guns and ammo, had no way to protect themselves. The only hope that they had was, God, we trust in you, provide, take care of us. And thus, the United States of America was born because they trusted in God. And as a way to show that, every single thing they built, they put that in there. And today we just say, hey, it's just no theological impact whatsoever. If you were to go in the Washington Monument, it's said that there are scriptures written on the wall, and there's words and phrases that says, search the scriptures, holiness to the Lord, and train up a child in the way he should go, many other different things in there. If you went from there and you went over to the Library of Congress, all through the Library of Congress, there are scriptures posted. And one of those scriptures is Micah 6, 8 that says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. No matter where you go in Washington, you cannot escape the very truth that we are to trust in God. If we took a little journey over to this monument right here, the Lincoln Memorial, and there's that huge 20-foot granite stat statue of, of Abraham Lincoln there. And, it's, and, and, and on that statue is the words that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from earth. If you go on and read around in this memorial, you'll see that there's words like God and Bible and providence, the Almighty, the divine attributes. And the phrase there that, that says, as was said 3,000 years ago, so it still must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. It's evident from the founding fathers that this nation was built upon God, upon Christianity. 
crying out to its people to, to put their trust in God for the protection and the provision of that country. But I believe today that we have taken that phrase, in God we trust, and we have just watered it down to having no theological meaning. It's just a ceremonial, patriotic thing. And that's not what the forefathers intended. See, we need to be reminded on Jefferson's memorial what he said. He said, God who gave us life and gave us liberty... Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that His justice cannot sleep forever. Wow. What I would give is for, if I, had, if I could just have one wish... I would go into the Congress and the President and, and the Senate and I would say, all of you follow me. And I would take them to the Jefferson Memorial and I would take them to that quotation and I would ask them, Mr. President, what does that mean? What does that mean? You claim to be Christian, Mr. President. Half the Congress, or almost of all the Congress, claims to be Christian. What does that mean? It means that God gave us life. God gave us liberty. And if we cast God out, we lose that life. We lose that liberty. We've got to return to in God we trust. And quit trusting in horses and chariots. Quit trusting in the, in the, wall, in the wall Street system. Quit trusting in men and our leaders and begin to trust in God who can save us and protect us. And I would say, Mr. President, what's the last line mean? What did Jefferson mean? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. You know, there's a scripture in Hebrew that says it's better not to ever know the truth than to know it and turn your back on it. God help our leaders who say they're Christian, who make laws and decisions contrary to the word of God. Their judgment is great. Their judgment's coming. And what's sad, though, is that we all are going to feel the impact of this. That God is just. He cannot tolerate. He cannot allow wickedness just to continue. And for a country that has God everywhere in all of its monuments to, to lead such a hypocritical life in God, we must still trust if we are to continue on as a great nation. These words of Jefferson are forceful. They're very explicit. It's a warning that if we remove God from our country and we fail to trust in Him, this country's only, the only conclusion is its own self-destruction. In God, we must still trust. Let's talk about the second part, the pronoun here. In God... We. That's talking about the people. That's talking about the church. That's talking about you as an individual. In God, we trust. You know, trusting in God presents no threat whatsoever to the freedom of our country. Have you noticed that? Trusting in God can only help the country. But it presents no freedom 
against, our, 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 against the country. But removing God from government presents a very grave and threat to all the country and all the people. And that's where we have moved. We have moved God out of our nation. And as I said earlier, you know, that, that this motto, in God we trust, it's, it's, I love the truth that it declares that we're not to trust in the government. The government is not your answer. As Ronald Reagan said, government is the problem. We don't trust in money. See, if we look at verse 6, God tells us that the Lord saves His anointed and He answers from His holy heaven with the saving power in His right hand. But where do we trust? But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's what we trust in. Back in that day, some trust in chariots because chariots were the military power. Our motto doesn't say to trust in our military power. Some trust in horses. If you had a horse, you were, you, you, were, you were above it all. We don't trust in those things. We don't trust in the, in the material, the physical. We trust in the spiritual. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the, the thing that the foundation of our country was founded upon. God. In God, I trust what we need to come back to. I caught you a few weeks ago that... You, the very problem with America is that we have forsaken the Ten Commandments. We have taken the first four commandments. No other gods, no other idols, don't misuse the name and, and, and uh, uh, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Those four, those are spiritual commandments. We, we have said, God, we don't want you anymore. You're gone. Okay? We're going to have other gods in our life and we're going to have other idols in our life. And we're going to bow down and we're going to worship our idols like God and sex and money and sports and things like that. And we're going to do it on Sunday, on the Sabbath. We're going to do it on the day that we should be in the house of God, keeping it holy, but we're going to do it, we're going to do it on those days. And your name is just going to become another byword in our movies, in our TV shows, and we're going to damn you and we're going to do everything else against your name. And then we move to the fifth commandment. When you throw God out, guess what happens to the family? Family crumbles, doesn't it? God, we don't want you in our marriages. We don't want you in our children's lives. We don't want you telling us. We don't want you in our schools, and we don't want, we don't want the schools to pray. We don't want any of that. We don't want that. We don't want to trust in that. So the fifth commandment is the breakdown of the family. And then when you have the breakdown of the family, the only progressive thing left is the breakdown of society. Then we start having more murders, don't we? Then we start having more cheating and adulteries, don't we? More divorce rates now. We start having more rioting and looting and theft and stealing. We start having more lying because we don't have a sense of truth anymore. Truth has become relative. It's what, it doesn't mean it, truth to you is different than truth to me. And then we just become a covetous people that where all we want are things. Things make us happy. We put our trust in things rather than the God. See, folks, we need to put our trust in God. 
I read a story this week about a little boy that he could not go to sleep because he ate something that upset his stomach. And then he would doze off and then he would wake up and he would have a nightmare. And he would just keep doing this. And every time he would wake up, you know, he would scream. And one time his father came in and his father began to try to console him and try to comfort him and tell him that, don't worry, son, God is with you. God's going to watch over you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to go downstairs, but God is with you. And in reply, the little boy said, but daddy, I want a God that's got skin on. The little boy was frightened. And he wanted God, but he didn't want a God that was far away. He wanted a God that was with him, a God that has skin on him. In other words, he wanted his father to stay with him. And folks, I say that to say this. God did take skin on. He took skin on in the form of a person called Jesus Christ. And he died for you and me. And see, the church... Church, the only hope that we have in America is when we as God's people, we as the American people come back once again and we trust in God. We've got to quit saying we do and begin to live that we do. Do you trust God to provide your finances? Do you really trust God to do that? Do we? Do we we really trust God to, to protect us and guide us? Do we? Or do we say that we do? See, God tells us in Proverbs 3 through 5 to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, this is what we're doing wrong as a culture. We're not trusting in the Lord, number one. And if we don't trust in the Lord, then we lean to our understanding, and that's where we are. We're in heathenism, and we're in humanism. Man has become the, the chief source of his means. He's become his own God. We, we have our own understanding. And what happens? We fail to acknowledge God, and he fails, or, or, or then God does no longer guide our path because we have failed to acknowledge him. And see, we lose sight. When we don't trust in God and we lean to our understanding and we fail to acknowledge God, then our paths become crooked and dark and and, and scary. And that's where we are as a nation. And that's where people are as individuals. We must trust in God. We're doing just the opposite. We have removed God from all the equation. I hate this when people do this to me. You go to sit down. And they grab the chair like they're going to be very nice and, and pull it out for you. And they pull it out all right. You ever have that happen? They just pull it all the way out. And you bust. You ever, has that happened to anybody? Well, the next time you go to sit down and someone grabs a chair, you're a little bit leery now, aren't you? You're a little bit leery. So you don't trust anymore. And I think that's what's happening in our country that when we trust in anything except God, it's like someone's pulling the chair out from underneath us. Only God has the answers to the great questions that plague our country. Only God has the answers to the life that we live today and what we're going through. Only God has these answers. We've got to come back to a people to truly trust in God. Only God can do these things. 
God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only. We do have a Father that put flesh on, that, is, got, that does have skin on, and He is with us. But we have to trust in Him. Now, on a dollar bill, you can take it out, but I'll put it right there for you. I got to noticing, you know, I was looking at this week, in God we trust on the back of that dollar bill, and I flipped it around, and I noticed this. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. You ever wonder what that means? That means if you have enough of those dollar bills, you can pay every debt that you have. Okay? It's good to pay that debt, public and private. Be great to have a couple of million of those, wouldn't it? But we can do all that. But you know what? Money, there is one debt that money cannot pay. You know what that debt that, that is? The debt of our sin. The debt of the sins that you and I commit cannot be paid with money. Money can give you everything except happiness. It can take you everywhere except heaven. Money is, 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 is in itself is good, but the love of it is the root of all kinds of evil. But that is telling us right here that that is a legal tender for all debts, public and private, but it cannot pay the debt of our sin. Our national debt right now is over $18 trillion. And this dollar bill right now, even if we went out to produce all the money that we can just, just print up in mid, uh, thin air, it cannot, still, it cannot pay the debt down. There's only one man that can pay the debt, and his name is Jesus Christ. He paid our sin debt. He canceled our sin debt. In other words, God made Jesus the legal tender for you and me. And what did we have to do to be debt free? We have to trust, don't we? See, Jesus just wasn't a man who died. He was the God who became flesh and died up on the cross in whom we place our trust. And he took the skin on, the flesh, that he could suffer our hell, our judgment, our condemnation, that we may have a sin-free life, a paid debt in our life. Church, what I'm trying to say this morning is the only hope for America and the only hope for you and me today is that we go back to Jesus Christ. We go back to what the forefathers said in all the monuments. We go back to what God's Word says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's where it starts. In trust. In trust. Go back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So this week, the next time you take out a coin or a dollar bill, I want you to flip it over and read those words. In God we trust. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I trust in God? Do we as a nation trust in God? Do we as a nation? Answer that question. It's hard to say yes, isn't it? Do we trust in God to protect us, to provide, to guide, to direct us? No, I don't think we do, at least not on a national level. We seem to trust in everything except God. We trust in weapons, our horses, our chariots. We trust in Congress. Some people trust even in the president. Some people trust in the financial system. Some people trust in public education. Some people trust in themselves, but none of that's, that's not the answer. The answer is, do we trust in God? And so I'm going to leave you this morning with a little bit of hope.
I have grave fear for America. I really do. I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't believe. I think America has died. We still exist as a United States. But America, the thought, the freedom, the liberties, the American dream is dead. If we keep going the way we're going. I believe God has, has said, okay, you cast me out, and so you're going to suffer the consequences. But I don't want to leave you on that doom and gloom note because I believe that there's another nation that serves as a great example for America, and that's the nation of Israel. Israel was blessed of God. God gave them the laws. God told them to be the light of the world, and they rejected that, and God judged them harshly. But every time Israel would turn away from God, he judged them. But every time Israel would turn to God, God blessed them. And there was a time that, that Israel was doing really good, and the wisest man to have ever lived came, and they were dedicating the temple of God. And, and, and Solomon, this, this wise man, began to pray, and this is what he prayed. If my people who are called by my name, this is God here, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. See, folks, there's still hope for America. But this is the only hope we have as Americans. Is when we come back, and where does revival start? If my people, my people. We don't trust in horses. We don't trust in chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. All right, when my people begin to humble and pray and seek and turn, judgment begins in the house of God, Peter says. It begins with us. We've got to self-evaluate. We've got to come back to the point of, of, of saying who I am and what's my duty? I've got to humble myself and pray and seek the face of God and turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The only hope that we have is to put our trust in God once again. So I want to ask you to do two things this morning. One, I want to ask you to pray for our great nation. I want you to pray, as I prayed earlier, that for every political leader that we have, that you pray in such a way like this. God, make them sick. Make them, make them, their finances crash. Do whatever it takes, God, in order to get their attention and turn them back around and quit compartmentalizing their spiritual life here, their political life here, and their personal life here. No, we are Christian. And the Word of God determines every decision that we make. Until they repent and turn from their wicked ways and the spiritual corruption and everything else, that's where it starts, that we pray, that we look at ourselves and we begin to pray and we turn ourselves and then we pray for our nation and that's when God's going to heal the land. Secondly, I want you to pray for yourself. What do I do? This is what I've been praying. God, what do I do to contribute to the evils of the world? How am I progressing the evil of this world in my own personal life? And begin to ask God to forgive me where I fail to trust Him. 
need to trust in the Lord our God in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. So have you trusted in God this morning? If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh, judgment's coming. And I'm not talking about just the judgment of America. I'm talking about the judgment of your soul for eternity. Don't miss heaven for something in this world. Repent of it. Turn to God. Call upon his name. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me from the wickedness that's in me. And I'll call upon your name and I'll trust in you and your son, Jesus Christ, for salvation. And the Lord will come in and he'll begin to pay that debt and he'll become your legal tender. And you can have the riches of heaven from that point forward. Those of us that are saved, let's repent. Let's turn. Let's humble. Let's seek the face of God. And then maybe that's the starting point to heal our land. So let's do that. Would you pray with me? We hope you have enjoyed Pastor Michael's challenge from the Word of God. If you have any questions about today's message, you can reach us at 903-759-4196 or write to us. We'd love to hear from you at 117 South White Oak Road, White Oak, Texas, 75693. For more information about Pastor Michael or White Oak Baptist Church, please visit us on the web at www.wobaptist.org. Come back and visit us again. Until then, God bless.